Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. But don't be hating. We don't, we don't like that hate around here. It's the holidays. Don't be hating for the holidays. Just love on the holidays. My man Kevin Cleland is running the boards, engineering, producing the show. Kevin, what's cracking? Not much. A little rainy day here in Southern California, but uh, looking forward to some football. Little, little rainy. It is, uh... Man, it's been raining so much. I've been looking out for Noah and the Ark outside of my damn window. It is ridiculous out here. Like, I don't know what – in L.A., we are not equipped for this. Kevin, you know this. Um, you know, our drainage system is probably – it might be the worst on the planet. Like, literally, we get we get a, a, an hour of rain. All of a sudden, cars are splashing up buckets of water on people and to the sidewalk. It is just – bananas and hydroplaning like my barber came to cut my hair this morning and he said he counted five accidents on the way over like we are not built for this and luckily we only get about you know a week of rain a year so this will be over soon and and we can go back to normal life but lord this rain is killing uh but like you said i'm excited for playoff football this past week was good and now we got the meat is coming the next two weeks is going to decide who's going to make the playoffs. We're going to get you hip to that. We're going to talk about LeBron James versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They got a little COVID kerfuffle going on. And finally, we're going to talk about the great John Madden, the late great John Madden. But first up. So, week 16 of the NFL season is in the books. And we got playoff seedings on their way up and on their way to be coming for some people and the whole deal. I mean, it's not far off. We did a little recap of what we said, you know, what what, what I said earlier in the year for my predictions, right, Kevin? And I, I think I pretty much told everybody. Um, the AFC East, uh, the Buffalo Bills were going to win that division. I thought the Miami Dolphins would be second and might make a little run. And damn it, Kevin, I'm, I'm probably right. Probably right. I'm right. <laughs> I'm going to be right on this one. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Buffalo Bills went to New England and showed the hell up. Josh Allen actually looked like he deserved the $258 million contract that he got. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. I don't know if you know that. It was a, it was a popular song back in the day, Kevin. Uh, there was a dude, a rapper named Mike Jones, and he would always come on his songs and the chorus would be, Mike Jones, Mike Jones, Mike Jones. And so <laughs> Mac Jones, Mac Jones showed up to be the real Mac Jones that I expect him to be in the NFL. I've always said, I don't think that he's a bad NFL player. He's just not going to be a good to great NFL player. He is going to be a borderline starting quarterback. And in a few years, when the Patriots figure out 
And I'm sure they've already figured this out. I mean, there's a reason why they only threw the ball three times two weeks ago when they were in Buffalo. And they won the game by magical happenstance, right? They know this kid is not as good as, as, good as they're going to need him to be to actually win games with him being the reason. And this week, the Buffalo Bills made him have to be the reason. Because once the New England Patriots are down by double digits, it's a wrap. They do not have the arm strength, the firepower to come back against anybody. And that's why I thought there was such a flawed team. And I didn't think they're making the playoffs. They've got one more game. Now, they could end up jumping in because they're going to get to 10 wins. They should. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And that's basically a bye week for the Patriots with a W. They better win this game. And then they got to go play the Dolphins, who the Dolphins should win this week as well. Um, and then they've got to go ahead and play the Patriots for the last game of the season. And that's going to be head-to-head. Who wins that is going to decide who gets that wild card. Because if you remember, earlier in the season, the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots at home. So they've got that head-to-head tiebreaker right there. But it's looking like I might mess around and be right on that. The AFC North is all over the damn place, right? Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and them, they, for some reason, they just got, they got Lamar Jackson and them's number. They, I mean, I mean, it wasn't even Lamar. It was, it was, uh, it was Huntley. Huntley started, but for some reason, Joe Burrow and them just, they got the Ravens because at home earlier this year, they busted up the Ravens. They put up like 40 something points on them at home earlier. And now they beat them in Cincinnati, 41 to 21, Joe Burrow and hell, Baltimore Ravens pulled out the ghost of Josh Johnson. Kevin, did you know? Did you even know who Josh Johnson was? You remember him? I do not know who that is. No, he is the black quarterback that you see any in any NFL game that you've ever seen. You're like, who the hell is that? That's Josh Johnson. He's always the black quarterback who you didn't know was actually in the league, but for some reason teams keep him around. He used to play. He went to college at USD, where he played for Jim Harbaugh when Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the University of San Diego Toreros. Josh Johnson was the quarterback there, and he was a beast. And he got overlooked by the NFL. Then he ended up bouncing around the CFL, played some arena league, came to the NFL, got a chance to be on some rosters, and he's just bounced around the NFL for over a decade. And he keeps getting work. He played against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is how crazy it is. Josh Johnson, who hasn't played, I don't think, he hasn't played all season long. Right, He has to be about 30-plus, 30-something, probably about 34, 35, maybe even 36. Josh Johnson put up 304 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming in out of nowhere. That tells me a couple things. Cincinnati ain't for real. Okay, They just got the number of the Ravens. I don't think Cincinnati's defense is real. I don't think you can count on them, but that offense— Joe Burrow, 525 yards, four touchdowns, zero INTs. Cincinnati, y'all got you one. Cincinnati got them one. That dude is a beast. And I watch him, I've watched his games. Him, Herbert, they're in that class. They're in the class with Mahomes, Brady, uh, 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 Rodgers. They're right there. And, and I'm actually, I'm going to say something that might sound sacrilegious because everybody knows how much I love Lamar Jackson. I think I'd take Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson. I don't know if I would do Joe Burrow just yet because I like him. I think he's dope. I still got to see a little bit more. 
But Justin Herbert, man, that dude just, he slangs that ball and doesn't flinch, stands in there, and he can run a little bit. Yo, Justin Herbert, I think I got him, in, I got him right there in the top five. I got him right there in the top five. Um, yeah. It's it just, it's just there. And, and don't use this week as the barometer because this week we saw they lost to the Texans, man. The Chargers lost to the damn Texans who started uh, Davis Mills at quarterback. Ooh, I, I got people on Twitter talking to me about, oh, man, he might be the real deal. Hey, man, he ain't no damn real. That's just a guy. He won one game his entire season. He's a rookie who who looks like a real rookie, and he's just not good. Stop this. I hate when see, this is what happens when people just go too far. We go too far. Same thing is happening with with uh with, with Cooper Cup. People talk about MVP. We talked about it last week. If Cooper Cup finds a way to get the touchdown record and gets the yardage record, I would give him the damn MVP. If he did both of those things in the same season, give him the damn MVP. But people are taking it too far. We go too far, we talk about Davis Mills. He ain't good. Cooper Cup, best wide receiver in football. No, he's not. He's just the wide receiver who gets thrown the most balls in football ever. He has the most targets ever. What's He's a receiver. It's his job to catch the ball. Damn it, I would hope that he would put up some crazy numbers if they throw the ball to him 160-plus times. He's supposed to catch passes. And quiet as kept, when you watch these games... Who's getting double teamed? Who is not getting double teamed? Cooper Cup is in a great situation because he's benefiting from OBJ showing up there and taking double teams like a mug. And the best thing that OBJ is doing that people aren't giving him credit for with these with these this Rams team is he ain't complaining. He is basically a decoy. And every now and then when he gets single coverage, Matthew Stafford either throws in the ball and it's a touchdown or Matthew Stafford incompletes the ball horrendously. There was a touchdown pass that he had OBJ on by a long shot this past week, and he skipped the ball to him. Skipped the ball. OBJ wide open, gone, touchdown, skipped the ball to him. I think the playoffs are shaping up really well for a couple of teams. Kansas City Chiefs look like they're, they're going straight to the Super Bowl again. I mean, there's there is no literally there's nobody in the, in the in the in the AFC that I would be worried about the Kansas City Chiefs because they're going to have home field advantage. They're eleven and four right now. They should win out the rest of these games. Everybody's going to come to them. There's nobody that scares you if you're the Chiefs. I mean, and maybe you could say it's going to be about the the quarterbacks, right? If if Justin Herbert finds a way to get in, which they're right now in, they they've got a slight chance at the wild card, and 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 say what you say what you will, these seventeen game season that they adopted now instead of the sixteen, man, that's adding so much parity to these to this playoff and so much competition because you got so many people right in the middle right here, and these next two games are paramount. People are, I mean, these are going to be some fantastic football games, even whatever the matchups are. Hell, on the NFC side, you got the, the 49ers playing the Texans, who just beat the Chargers. That's going to be an interesting game because Jimmy Garoppolo, who sucks. I've been trying to tell y'all he sucks. They played the Titans last week, and, and it always happens this way. Jimmy Garoppolo always plays just good enough, just good enough 
to where you think that he's that, that he's somebody that you that, that we that we gotta have, right? The beginning of the game, he looked okay. Then he started throwing these damn interceptions. And, and what happens is he plays, he, he plays just good enough, and then some days he plays terrible, and then he gets bailed out by Debo Samuel, by George Kittle. And, and then all of a sudden we forget, not we, other people forget how bad he was throughout the game. But I ain't forgetting. He's terrible. He's trash. And he's got a hurt thumb. So what's going to happen this week? Are the Texans going to ball out again and, and upset the 49ers? Because if the 49ers just win this week, they're into the wild card. They control their destiny. They win this game. They get to uh, to nine wins. It stops them from ever having nine losses. They're in the wild card. Case closed. Wrapped up. And then they play the Rams in the last week of the season where they're going to get annihilated unless the Rams decide to just sit everybody because they have nothing else to play for. Um, because the Rams, they've got a legit shot at, at getting the number one seed. I mean, the Buccaneers have already clinched their division. The Rams and the Cardinals are still going. I mean, they're, they're one game apart. Uh, Green Bay Packers are at 12 and three green if Green Bay loses out. The Rams win out Rams get the number one seed. I don't see the Green Bay Packers losing out. They play the Vikings this week. And I think they're definitely going to win that and knock the Vikings out of playoff contention. Uh, the team that people are trying to say is scary to them is the Dallas Cowboys because they just beat the Washington football team. They beat the brakes off them. What? Like 50 something to, to 14 and miss me with all that because the same thing I was saying about San Francisco, when people were talking about, man, the San Francisco 49ers are dangerous. No, they're not. They just played some whack ass teams. The Dallas Cowboys just played a whack ass COVID ridden Washington football team. Taylor Heineke and Antonio Gibson were their only options to do anything. The defense was ravaged, and the Cowboys went out and did what they should do. They beat the brakes off of a bad team. Whoop-dee-doo, hooray. They ain't going to see this team in the playoffs. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys, I think, are sitting in the number three spot. Right, I think they're number three, maybe number four, because I think they have a higher win percentage in the NFC over um, over the Rams. But when it's all said and done, they're going to have to pay. Okay, so the, the Tampa Bay, whoever gets the number one seed is going to be out. So let's just play it like this. Green Bay is the number one seed, right? They get the first week by. That means Tampa is, if everything sat the way it sits right now, uh, Tampa is, no, no, no. The Rams are number two. The Cowboys are number three and the Buccaneers are number four. Although I don't know how that would work because the, the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. I, I, I don't know. Uh, division wise though, the Cowboys are five and zero, oh, so they own that. But I think the head to head takes precedence over that. So I don't know, but I don't see any, I don't see any of these wildcard teams that the Cowboys would be beating them. Right, I, I don't see the Cowboys beating the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will beat the Cowboys. I just think that they have too much firepower. If they get um, D Hop back and they get out of this little slump that they're in right now, the last couple of games they haven't been playing great. But I still trust them more than I trust the Cowboys. But I would take the 49ers. The 49ers get in. I think the 49ers beat the Cowboys. I just don't trust them. They play good against whack teams and bad against good teams. The 49ers aren't good, but they're also not whack. They're right there. So I think it'll be an even matchup. And at the end of the day, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play like trash, the 49ers win. So it's pretty much still shaping up to, to, to be what I said. I've still got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers going to the Super Bowl. 
Um, I'm not wavering from it. I think that's going to be the matchup that everybody wants to see. It's the new guard versus the old guard. Patrick Mahomes, the new dude who everybody says is the greatest they've ever seen. Aaron Rodgers, who was the greatest dude everybody had ever seen until Patrick Mahomes showed up. I want to see that in a new Hell, it's SoFi in February. What is it? February 12th, I think is the game, or February 13th. Yo, that's going to be a game between those two dudes. I don't want to see Tom Brady again. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Don't want to see it. Even though I'm I hating, Tom Brady's dope. I think he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. I want to see Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. I want to see a shootout. I want to see scoring. I want to see just the points. I want to see all that. I, I, make it happen. That's what we need to see. That That's what needs to be the Super Bowl. Um, I want all y'all to get on board with this. Packers versus Chiefs. Say it along with me. Packers versus Chiefs. The only Super Bowl we want to see. Anything else, we ain't watching. Uh, stop playing. Y'all going to watch. Y'all watch terrible football all day. You will watch the Super Bowl no matter who's there and what it is. But I'm saying Packers Chiefs, and I'm probably right. I'm Reggie Watkins, so we'll be back after the break. So, Kevin, we got another COVID kerfuffle going on. I like the word kerfuffle. <laughs> just for some reason, this is one of my favorite words to use, kerfuffle. Uh, we got another COVID kerfuffle going on in the NBA right now between two uh, legendary players. One, uh, you know, current player, LeBron James, who I who is widely known um, and is widely known by me as the GOAT, greatest of all time. Uh, I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, and he is in a kerfuffle with Another dude who at one point was 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 thought of as the greatest of all time, and in some circles still is thought of as the greatest of all time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who coincidentally was also a Laker, of which you know LeBron plays for that team right now. Um, the problem is, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion. But along with that, LeBron can be one of the corniest people. Um, and just around. I mean, you know, he just, he just has sometimes there's just some corny things that he does that I don't, I'm not gonna give him a pass for. It's separate from basketball, but some of the things he does on social media and tweeting and posting and all that stuff, some of the stuff is just a little bit, just a little corny. And one thing he's doing that, that it, 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 he did this a couple of days ago and it, it tiptoes into corny, but it's also kind of dangerous, right? Um, LeBron James has 106 million followers on, on social media right um 106 million followers and you people can think what they want to think 106 million who cares about no no well 106 million people do care about lebron james and they care what lebron james says and what lebron james does and we're living in a world now where people think more about what you post than what you actually say and one post can sway people to believe things Especially people who are uh, who are, don't have quality information, um, don't ever seek out good information, and just want to be fed what they want to be fed, so they feel comfortable. So LeBron James had COVID. I guess he tested positive for COVID a couple, maybe like a month ago, a month and a half ago, and then they, you know, the NBA was supposed to have him in quarantine and in the protocol, and so he had to quarantine. Couldn't be with his his. Uh, his his teammates and he's supposed to not be around his family for a couple of days and you know i guess and then he ended up testing negative two times so he was able to come back and he didn't really have to do the whole 10-day quarantine protocol thing um and he was up in arms about that 
But if we go even further than that, LeBron James over the summer when the NBA was trying to get everybody, the NBA and the world basically was trying to get people to get vaccinated, LeBron James was one of the people for the longest time who said it's my personal, you know, it's it's a, it's a family issue and I'll keep that private. No, it's not a family issue. It's not a private thing. It's a yes or no. Are you vaccinated or are you not? And when anybody says it's a personal matter between me and my family, you know, we, we, we don't need to divulge that. That just means you're not vaccinated. And so for the longest time, LeBron James wasn't vaccinated. And then finally, LeBron put out a statement where on his social media, where he has 100 million followers to let them know that he's been vaccinated. But he also put it out there with the caveat. It's not my job to to tell people to get vaccinated or 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 encourage others to do the same. And. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, former Laker, one of the greatest of all time, super brilliant man, one of the smartest people, I mean, in any circles, basketball, the world, whatever, took offense to that and said, no, 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 it is your job. You are a highly visible African-American male in, in, in an arena where people pay attention to what you do and what you say, and we're having this this disease, this be this this virus that is killing people around the world, in particular people who look like you at an alarming rate, it is your job to tell them to do the thing that's the most safe. Get the vaccine so that they protect themselves, not from getting the damn COVID, because the vaccine is not going to stop you from getting the virus. It's going to help the virus not be so severe for you and help you not to spread it to other people. Right? And so Kareem took issue with that and said, no, 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 no. You guys who have a voice, you need to stand up and tell people to do this because they will listen to you. You will help get us around this disease. Help us get around this virus. Help us get out of this mess. It's your job. That's part of what you need to do. You stand up for all these other issues. Stand up for something like this that's killing people. Do that. And I've, I've taken issue with LeBron because he will pick and choose which issues he's going to stand up on. It, famously, LeBron James was, you know, when when uh, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin was 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 killed by George Zimmerman uh, and LeBron was playing with the Miami Heat. They came out with the, uh, you know, the, the 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 sweatshirts, the hoodies. I forget what it was. They came up with the hoodies because it was the I am Trayvon Martin hoodies. Um, him and D Wade and, and all the cats in Miami did that. However, LeBron was in Cleveland when Tamir Rice was killed by the Cleveland police in, in, in Ohio. And LeBron didn't say anything about that while LeBron was there. He picks and chooses what, he, what he's going to do. I understand you don't want to be in the heat with all, you don't want to be in the midst of all that heat in your little, in your hometown with the cops and the people who come to the stadium and do a lot of stuff. But we got to understand that LeBron does pick and choose his battles. Pick and chooses which things he's going to stand up for, which he's not. He got into a lot of it when he was when people were questioning him about uh, his stance on China because he makes money over in China, but there's a lot of human rights issues in China. LeBron was was radio silent on that, and then he said some some things that just didn't make any sense, and so he just had to shut the hell up, and it kind of went away. So now we get to what's going on the past couple of days. LeBron put out a post, uh, a social. He put out a meme, which is. I, I can't stand memes. It's just, I've been arguing with friends for, <laughs> I mean, about a decade, man, since these memes started coming out and people using these things because it takes the place of actual conversation and real information that people should be able to speak about. Don't give me a meme 
explain what the hell you're talking about. That's so much, it just does so much more, right? And so LeBron was getting a lot of vitriol because he put a post up where there's like Spider-Man, there's three Spider-Man, this meme has been used for tons of things, but there's three spider Spider-Men all pointing at each other. One has the caption flu. The other one has the caption cold. The other one has the caption COVID. And they're all looking at each other like, wait, wait, are you, what are you? As if to say like, they're all the same. We don't know. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. And LeBron posted that. And that's just not smart. You can't do that because now you're feeding in to the narrative of people thinking that, oh, well, you know, this, this isn't real. COVID isn't real. It's it's just a, it's just a cold and flu They're tricking us. They're trying to make us get this vaccine because all you you open up the Pandora's box of people saying whatever they want to say because now this highly public person is also parroting what we've been thinking. So now, oh, let's just say this. You know, COVID, flu, colds, all the same thing. And yo, <laughs> COVID is COVID. You test positive for COVID. They have, they're, they're, they're testing you for COVID. They're not testing you for a cold. They're testing you for the flu. They're testing you for COVID. And yes, it's mutating and there's, there's variants and things of that nature, but that is what happens to viruses. But LeBron James cannot be coming out and doing this. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar called him on it and said it's a blow to his legacy for doing stuff like this. Right. You, you don't you can't you can't you can't give people this kind of ammunition because and then as soon as LeBron posted that, guess who was championing LeBron's cause? Fox News. Fox News and all the bots on Twitter, all the bots on Instagram loving LeBron James, the same people who kill LeBron James when he stands up for anything having to do with black people. That is the telltale sign. For me, whenever Fox News is championing a black celebrity's cause of, of anything, whether they're talking political or about anything medical or anything just in the, in the stratosphere, beware, because they're only there for an agenda. And LeBron James knows that. LeBron James knows he should not be posting memes instead of actually saying what he means. And so it took him three, four days, and not him. It took LeBron James's PR people three to four days to come up with a response to, to Kareem because Kareem just got in his ass about it. And LeBron said, you know, he, he, didn't, delete the, he didn't delete the meme on Instagram. I believe he took it down, down off Twitter, but he didn't delete it off Instagram. And, and they asked him, do you have any response to Kareem? He said, no, I don't have any response at all. And if you saw the post and you read the tag, you're literally honestly asking, help me out. Help me kind of figure it all out. We're all trying to figure out this pandemic out and the new strain. No, come on. And then he said, I think we forgot about the flu. People like literally forgot about the flu during these times. Like it's still like, like that's still going around. It's flu season. People have gotten forgot about common colds. Colds, that happens, especially with a lot of our kids in school. My daughter's in first grade, so a lot of these kids are getting like common colds and getting the flu. But no, I don't have an answer, a response to Kareem. And yo, that makes sense. I get it. If you're trying to say, well, let's not forget about the flu. Let's not forget about common colds. Like, you know, it could just be a common cold. It could be the flu. Yeah, but LeBron, that's not what you were saying. That's not what you were insinuating by that post, by that tweet, by that meme. Nothing. What you were insinuating was, hey, these all seem like the same. Why are we tripping? That's exactly what you were saying. And now you put out this whack response because you really don't have an answer and you're trying to, you know, backpedal and not look, look bad. But in the first place, 
just don't be out here tweeting reckless, man. You're too big for that. Not everything needs to be tweeted out, especially something that is killing people. And by using a meme. Say your words. LeBron is good for standing there and answering questions about social justice, uh, about things in, in, in the black community, about his I promise school, uh, you know, about 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 his basketball. He's an intelligent dude. But that was something very dumb that he did. And Kareem called him on it. And he just needs to be able to understand and say, yo, I was wrong. Take the damn thing down and move on. But. Post is still up because LeBron's going to be LeBron and LeBron being the greatest player of all time. Like I said earlier, LeBron sometimes is just a little corny. And this right here is corny LeBron. We back after the break. So the NFL lost an icon. Uh, December 28th, John Madden passed away. Uh, he was 85 years old. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't really know who, like, who don't know who John Madden is. They know John Madden because, of course, the EA Sports video game, which we're going to talk about, which is legendary, one of the greatest games of all time, addicting crack. But then there's a generation of people and who don't know John Madden as the football coach. I wasn't around. I mean, I was born in '79. John Madden stopped coaching the year I was born. Right? He played. He coached for ten years. Uh, 10 years in the NFL from 68 to 79, or, or was it was 69 to 78 uh, with the Oakland Raiders. And the dude was just a rock star. I mean, he was one of those coaches. I mean, I, not like I was there watching the games. I, was, I wasn't around yet. But when you watch the old videos and you watch the old, like the interviews and see him, the dude was just like full of life. I mean, he was the first player's coach. Literally, he just seemed like the dude who jived, who got along with the players, and basically the rules were just show up and ball out. Do whatever you want. And that's how the Raiders got that mentality of just win, baby. Just win. Do whatever you want to do. Let's just go out here and win. And that's what John Madden did. I mean, hell, he coached for 10 years, right? 10 years. He compiled a 103-win 32 losses, seven ties in the regular season. 75, almost 76% winning percentage. It's like literally, it's one of the tops among coaches with 100 games forever. He is one of the greatest coaches of all time. They won a Super Bowl in 1976, um, and he made it to seven AFC title games. Dude was a beast coaching ridiculous and had i mean it was just on the forefront of having african americans around the coaching staff uh in positions of, of of power like oh john madden was that dude and then he left at 42 bounced out at 42 and this is where i got to know john madden he was the color analyst for the football games right um he started out with i want to say he started out with cbs uh cbs went to fox then he went to Monday Night Football. Then he went to Sunday Night Football. And then he's been gone since then. But I remember him with the CBS and, and with Fox. And he was just the most entertaining dude to call the games because he kept it so real. It was literally like you were watching the game with your buddies. And he'd be talking about, you know, and you hear a donk or a doink and a boom 
or pow, like all that stuff. He'd be talking and he'd tell you, oh, this guy right here, he's going he's gonna to run up the middle and then boom. <laughs> you know, that's just how you tackle the guy right there. He just was in love with the game of football and he brought that to everybody. And it just was, it was, it was just energizing. Like I, it was my favorite thing to do was to get up on a Sunday and watch whatever game John Madden was calling. And John Madden wasn't calling. He would you know, back when he was calling the games, he wasn't calling no Tampa Bay Buccaneer games. John Madden was calling the number one game every week, right? And usually during that time, when I was growing up and he was calling the games, that was the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Packers, because he was doing the, uh, the, the, the Fox had the NFC, the NFC package. So he was doing those games when I was coming up. And I'm a 49er fan. I was in the Bay Area at that time. He was basically the soundtrack to my NFL childhood. And that's how I remember him. But the biggest impact that he had on me and the generation of people behind me was John Madden football. I, I, Kevin, I don't know if, if you remember the first one that came out. It came out in 1988. I believe I got it on the Genesis, I think was my first copy. I had Sega it on Genesis. Genesis as well. It was, it was unbelievably real. It was, I mean, if you go back and look at those graphics now, they, the graphics look terrible, but it was the first real, like, 11 on 11 football game. Because remember, we had Tech Mobile, but Tech Mobile, what, Tech Mobile wasn't 11 on 11. It was like 7 on 7. John Madden brought in 11 on 11 football with graphics, 16, what was it? I think Sega was, was Sega 16 bit? 16 bit, yep. Yep, 16 bit. 16 bit, Sega Genesis. So the graphics were a step up from the Nintendo, right? It was a step up, and you're seeing real plays there was you know you could you could flip a play you could audible oh my god it was phenomenal and every year it just got better it was to a point that after John Madden came out me and a buddy of mine who played we played uh Pop Warner football together we sat down and designed our own video game based off of what John Madden did we were literally 12 year old kids and we sat down and wrote out a game plan and a game version called Draft Day and what it was, was it was going to basically be, be like Madden, but you would get to draft college players and put them through a combine. Guess what Madden did about four years later to the Madden franchise? After me and my buddy, we thought about this. We mailed it off to some people. I don't know what we did. They put in drafting your own players and putting them through combines. That made it a step further because there's so many people who want to be GMs. They want to be draft gurus. And so now you could literally do that. You could play your season, simulate your season, do whatever you want to do. Play the games, don't play the games, whatever. Get to the draft, scout players, draft them, and put them through combine workouts to get them better draft positions. It was unreal how intuitive this game was and how lifelike he made they made this game and it was all just based around Madden and he was the soundtrack for it he'd be you know calling the games while you're playing them i can't tell you how many days nights i spent literally up all night playing john madden football i mean and this was before cuz now these kids and people who play these games they have the benefit of of like uh you know rams and batteries that save this stuff and down down you know they can download all this this game and, and and say exactly where they're at and do all this stuff when i was playing on the genesis and the super nintendo kevin i had to just leave my game on 
Like it was literally, I left the game on. I would maybe unplug my TV, but my game would be on running the entire day while I was gone. And so I would come home just so I could play the game exactly where it was at. Because before they got to a point where you could save your game wherever you're at, you had to just leave the game. You had to finish the game or turn it off or just leave it there, making your Genesis hot as hell, possibly scorching your carpet or wherever the hell you had this system, right? I would literally leave these games just sitting there for, for hours, come home and get right back to it. It was like crack for me. And from 12 to 30 years old, John Madden was a huge part of my life. I mean, I went to, there was Madden tournaments around the world. People playing this game and, and going for tournaments. I remember a buddy of mine, we went we went to a tournament in San Diego, uh, Madden Tournament in San Diego, where I saw the craziest thing ever. There was a dude, this is how crazy it is. There were people who play this game so much that they figured out the glitches in the game. So, Kevin, I'm playing this guy. Right, I think I'm. I think I'm good. I, I've been to a couple of tournaments before, and I did okay. I, I, I will talk about one tournament. I went. My dad took me to a tournament with a buddy of his, and I didn't do so okay. But I went to this tournament. And I'm doing well, playing against this guy, and he's making all these substitutions, right? Because you can change out all your play. You could put you could put DBs at linemen if you want to, right? It would be crazy because we're gonna run on them all day. But this guy had played so much Madden, he knew where to put a linebacker on the defensive line, where to put a DB at a linebacker spot, and where to put a DB at the I mean at a lineman at the safety. And he would make he would run these defensive plays, shift, call audibles, put people in certain positions, and literally, Kevin, I would snap the ball and I could not drop back to pass without getting sacked. He had the game figured out beyond any reasonable doubt of anything. He had it all figured out. So much so that when he kicked field goals, Kevin, okay, you hit the button on the Madden thing, right? The power thing goes all the way up the grid and it comes back. And then the, the accuracy thing would go up and you got to hit the accuracy thing right within the green little area so you get the right accuracy. This dude didn't use none of that. He would angle his kick. So if we're standing in the middle of the field, the ball's in the middle of the field, this dude would put the arrow all the way to the right. Now, if he kicks the ball normally, it's going to the right side of the damn stadium and hitting a fan in the head. But not this dude. He angled the arrow all the way to the right. He hit the power button all the way up and the accuracy button below the green, just in like the yellow where it's not supposed to be accurate. But because he had the arrow going all the way to the right, the ball would get kicked. Kevin, it would start going towards the right side of the stadium. And it would loop all the way back in. He threw a he kicked a curveball. That's how much he knew this game inside and out. He had practiced how to hit the button the exact right way and just basically embarrass me is what he did. He, he embarrassed me at every level of this game, but that's how addicting Madden was and how how much people were in love with this. People would play hours and hours. Hell, when I was in college, we would have tournaments in 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 our uh, apartments. Guys would come over, we play for money. And it's still going to this day. It's still the number 1 football game in the world. And John Madden's name is on that, and he will always be synonymous with it, and he would just be a beloved figure. So the one time I went with my dad, I was about 13 years old, and, and I used to kill my dad in Madden. He was not good. I would murder him, right? And so my dad was like, oh, he's pretty good. And so his buddy, his buddy named Will, 
he had a tournament that he was playing in. And so my dad was like, hey, I'll take my son up there to play. And I think my dad had to pay like 50 bucks to get me in this tournament or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going there. I'm just going there and kill. I get in there and I found out how serious people take Madden because there were grown men in there who did nothing but play this game and they were professionals and they were serious. And I'm thinking, I'm a kid. They're going to come in here and then maybe they'll take it easy on me. No siree, Bob. This dude put it on me. I think I lost like 60-something to seven. It was embarrassing. But I learned people love John Madden. People love this game. People love football. And John Madden made football easy for everybody to understand, easy for everybody to want to play, easy for everybody to just get involved with. And I I, I honestly did not know that he – I thought he had passed away a while ago just because I hadn't heard from him in so long. But when I found out that he passed away two days ago, it just hit me a little bit because he was part of my life for the better part of, man, eight years of my life. John Madden was every year. That new game would come out. I would go buy it and you would not see me for the next two to three weekends. I was going to be in the house playing the video game. And that was all thanks to John Madden. So rest in peace, wherever he's at, wherever his soul is at appreciated thankful for what you did for the game and i hope you're somewhere smiling down on us and that's our show for this week my name is reggie watkins thank you for listening to i'm probably right rate us review us subscribe comment don't be hating kevin cleveland's running the board engineering producing thank you so much sir we'll see y'all next week peace For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.